Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is September 25th, and our reading comes from Ephesians chapter 4. Beginning in verse 1, Paul says this, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. So remember, the last two chapters, last two days, Paul has been describing the generosity and the grace of God's towards us. And then he says, therefore, because God's been so generous, because God's been so gracious, let's live a life worthy of our calling, worthy of that generosity. And then he says, begins to describe that life. Verse two, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Listen, (laughs) even in church world, we have to keep this in mind. We have to stay humble, not be proud. We have to be gentle with each other. We have to make allowance for each other's faults. Sometimes we have a tendency to run around trying to fix everybody instead of making allowance for their faults and trusting God to produce his life and God to sanctify, God to help them to mature. We don't want to play the role of parent. We want to play the role of encouraging brother or sister. Verse 3, make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together for peace. For there's one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope. For Lord, So he begins describing the importance of unity. And the key to unity is putting God's agenda above our own. It's being led by the Spirit. When we're all being submitted to the Spirit, led by the Spirit, listening to the Spirit, then it helps keep us all on the same page, working together to build his family, to tell the world about Jesus, to help people learn to be with him, to become like him, and to do what he did. Verse 5, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and in all, living through all. However, he's given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scripture says, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that he descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fulfill the whole universe with himself. So Paul says that Jesus came to the earth, then he ascended from the earth after his death and resurrection, and he gave us all spiritual gifts. And we want to exercise those gifts in the body of Christ. And he begins to describe then some offices in the in the church. Beginning in verse 11, he says, now these are the gifts God gave to the church. That is to the church at large as opposed to individuals. To the church he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers. So he gave these particular offices, gifts, callings to the church. For what purpose? Verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. 
And this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. In other words, Paul says God has given the church evangelists, prophets, apostles, teachers, and pastors for the purpose of equipping everyone in the church for the work of ministry, to serve the body of Christ, to be a blessing to our world. And we're going to continue to do that until we reach maturity and until Christ returns. Verse 14, then we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced by people trying to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his church, the body. So Paul says when we grow and mature, we're not going to get caught up by every doctrine. Or listen to this, when we grow and mature, we don't get caught up with culture. We don't get deceived, caught up, and led astray by culture, which has happened a lot in the last couple of years with all the political unrest, with COVID, with the racial unrest. A lot of church people got caught up in all of that and sometimes even misled. Well, Paul here says when we're mature in our faith, we don't get caught up in in every fad, the latest doctrine, the latest cultural event. Instead, we keep a level head. We keep our eyes on Jesus and the kingdom of God, and our theology really grounds us. I love that. And then he says we need to speak the truth and to do it in love. Man, such an important verse. We want to speak the truth but we want to speak it in love with gentleness and humility in a way that people can receive it. We want to make sure that there's not hypocrisy in our life so they dismiss our message, even if it's true because they see the hypocrisy of our own life. Man, let's live a life worthy of our calling so that when we speak the truth in love, people have an open heart and they can receive it. Finally, he says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. In other words, every part is valuable, has an important role, contributes to the health and strength of the body. In other words, if you don't play your part, if you don't understand and fulfill your role, we all suffer. If I don't understand and fulfill my role, we all suffer every piece Every part of the body is so essential. God loves you and has created you and gifted you to play a role in his family, in redemptive history, in his purpose of reaching the world for Christ and building his family. Well, let me pray for you. Father, so much just good instruction in this passage today. And God, I pray that as we read about and think about all this, Lord, I pray that we would always be humble and gentle. God, I pray that we would make allowance for each other's faults, that in the church we would not be judgmental and critical and divisive, but God, we'd humble ourselves and we'd stay gentle. We recognize I'm not perfect and the people I'm in church with are not perfect, that we'd make allowance and that we would... uh, really fight for our unity. Instead of fighting against each other, what we would fight for is unity. 
God, there is one church, one body, one family, and we got to work together. God, we're so grateful that you've given the church evangelists and apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers. God, I pray that you would anoint all of them to equip your body for the work of ministry. God, I pray that our church would grow and mature. I pray that it would be true, that definition would be grounded in their faith, that we'd understand theology, that we'd be able to see culture and what's happening around us through the lens of Scripture, to see what you see, to understand what you understand so we don't get caught up and led astray. But instead, in the midst of the chaos, God, we can be a light on a hill. And God, I pray that you would help us to know that every person, every gift, every role is so important. And God, that we would value how you've gifted and called us in the place that we have in the body of Christ and that we would value each other and that we'd continue working together to build your kingdom for the blessing of the whole world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, thanks again for being with me today. I hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.